What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. And I'm here with my partner in crime and co-anchor and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. How are Hello. you? I, you know what? I am great. I am excited to be here. You've been pumping me up for this case. I don't know <laughs> anything about it, but you keep telling me you're going to freak out over this case. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about that. Yeah. Other than that, I'm doing great. Doing great. Just living the life, you know? Well, good. I like it. <laughs> well, Good. Well, you know, we uh, you just left my house a while ago. We actually uh, had a family gathering today and Mm -hmm. finally had enough, uh, you know, COVID free days for everyone to get together and celebrate your birthday. So, yes, yes. Lots of that was awesome. Yeah. And big news at my house today. Yes. My 20 year old son, we've been looking for a puppy for him. He has some depression and really needs a a companion animal. And, you know, it's hard for these kids that go off to college that have lived in a house full of animals mm-hmm. to go to houses without them, you know, yeah. and a lot of his homesickness has been for the dogs and mm-hmm. yeah, me, you know, but, <laughs> but mostly for the dogs. And earlier this year, our daughter got a dog. She, where she lives, she could have one and his roommate has a cat and it really got him to thinking, could I, so he sent his roommate or his uh, landlord a letter and let him know that he would really like to get a small dog. And that, um, you know, he just wondered if the, what the possibility of that would be. And he was great. Yeah. So we've been on the hunt. So it's been a while. I mean, my youngest dog is uh, Rico, who is seven, and we rescued him. So we haven't really been in the market for a puppy in a long time yeah. because Matea bought her puppy from uh, my sister-in-law. So there was no, you know, hunt. Yeah. Holy moly. We did try to rescue. We have combed every rescue shelter everywhere, but the needs we had, uh, we weren't able to fulfill. And um, filling out applications was a little daunting because his situation is, well, not one that a lot of shelters were willing to, um, you know, which sucks because he'll be so good. And he does have a fenced yard. And like, I have no question that he'll be very successful with this kid. Oh, and I yeah. also know that if he got in a position where he couldn't have her, she'd always have a home, you know, at yeah. my house. And so, you know, but anyway, you know, rescues, you know, they don't want to see an animal needing rescued again, which is totally right. understandable, but mm-hmm. it made it hard for him. But my goodness, everything we were seeing was $500, you know, $1,000, yeah. $3,000. And so well out of his price range. But anyway, we found the puppy last night. Yay. We discovered... And what's so funny about it is that he's home now working. He's about five hours from where he lives when he, where he goes to college. We actually found the puppy in his college town. Uh, <laughs> and it happens to be someone who lives two blocks from him. So how weird is that? Not that people he knows. Really yeah, not people he knows. Right. We found them online. But uh, so our daughter who lives down there went and scoped it out this morning, bought the puppy, 
and she's staying with her for a week until we can go down. But anyway, he's get, he got a puppy and she yeah. is a Shih Tzu Chihuahua mix. Oh, she's so cute. She's black and tan. She is absolutely precious. He wants to name her Layla. The girls hate that and they're begging him to name her something else. But you know how it is. They'll probably yeah. name her Layla. But oh, <laughs> sure. so she is adorable. We can't wait to get our hands on her. So yeah, oh, very yeah. exciting business. Yeah, that's really fun. I, I can't wait to meet her. Me too. And she will be the perfect companion for him. Yeah, she really will. I think so. So that's what's new in my world. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. That's a lot. A new grand dog. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. So this is dying to hear. It's so wild because the, uh, it's a criminal who had a crime committed upon him. So it's, so this will be interesting. So uh, this case came up for me uh, in my feed when I was searching for cold cases. And I this one just looked so interesting to me. And I opened it up and started to do the research and discovered that it actually happened like 30 miles from my house. So oh what my the gosh. Hell? <laughs> right? <laughs> I had no idea. That's not why it was in my feed. But anyway, so crazy. So this is a cold case from 1916. Okay. And, but I'm going to actually start a little sooner than that. So in the seventies, there was a family that was digging for arrowheads in a cave in Clark County, Idaho. Clark Clark County is near me uh, in a little tiny town called Dubois. So right outside of Dubois, there's a cave called Buffalo Cave. Uh, It sounds like it's a pretty deep cave, but it's one that's accessible that people go into to for whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I have not been there. If it wasn't winter, I would go there and get some pictures, but it's yeah, definitely I've never not been there. Be. I've been to Dubois, but I've never been to this cave. We'll it's, have to check it's it out. Clo- well, it's up closer to Spencer. Oh, okay. So Spencer, okay. Idaho is a place that has world uh, renowned opal, full of opal. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo Cave isn't far from there. So okay. anyway, this time of year, it would definitely be buried. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, so in in 1979, a family was digging for arrowheads, and they dug up something that they, uh, a little more than they uh, bargained for, definitely wasn't arrowheads. It was a dismembered torso. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, a little concerning. Uh, that would be a little bit of a shocker. I think so. When you're just looking for arrowheads, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a bit horrifying. Oh, we should, mm-hmm. actually, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... The torso. I don't know. You and I would probably be like, "Oh my god, this is the coolest thing we ever saw." You know, right? And our kids would be like, Ugh. "Run the thirty miles home." Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was wrapped in a burlap sack, burlap sack, and it was dressed. It was dressed in dark pants and a pinstripe shirt and a maroon sweater. It was buried in a shallow grave about eighteen inches deep, and was kind of mummified. It was really, you know like dark leathery skin. So of course they call the police and the police come and they take this body, the torso. They don't have any idea who it is or what to do with it. They take it to Idaho state university to a lab there. And basically they just hang on to it. So then fast forward to 1991, there are people messing around in that cave and an 11 year old girl God bless her (laughs) and help her. Uh, 
found a mummified hand. Oh, God. In the same cave system. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about it's if not- my kid found that. Oh, my God. Oh. I, she would never recover. I, there um, wouldn't be enough therapy so, or uh, or dogs for this. Yeah. No. <laughs> so the university didn't like go looking to see if there were more bones. No. Nothing. Like no they one did went not and, excavate the cave. No. And the police weren't like, "Hey, maybe somebody got murdered." Like this is maybe. weird. What is there like a head to this? Or yeah, yeah. no, they just yeah. took the torso and that was it. All right, but this time, when the mummified hand surfaced, they went ahead and started digging, and they found an arm and two legs, all wrapped in burlap in the same area of the cave. So anthropology experts from Idaho State University and the Smithsonian, you know, not the Jeffersonian, bones did not come, but... (laughs) That's a TV show, but okay. Okay, well, it just doesn't seem it would have been cool. I we needed bones and booth on this job. Yes, we well, did. the FBI also came, so they came and they really did a, a wide search of the cave this time. And no head, mm-hmm. no head, but they did some work on the body at that point to uh discover that yes, it was male and. They still didn't know very much, but at the end of 2019, they had a breakthrough. So the Idaho State Police and the Clark County, or yeah, the Idaho State University and the Clark County Police had reached out to the Doe Project to help them with the DNA sequencing. Okay. So they did that, did the forensic genealogy, and by building a genealogical tree, and looking at historical records and, you know, familial DNA. Here we are again. They were able to connect the body to a man named Henry Joseph Loveless. Henry Joseph mm. Loveless. Okay. It's just so wild because our, we had a great grandfather named, great, great grandfather named Henry Joseph Byington. When I read Henry Joseph, I was like, oh, what the? No, close. No, <laughs> So he was, his parents were, his mother was born in England and his dad was born in Ohio. His parents were Mormon pioneers that crossed the plains and they landed in Payson, Utah, but he ended up coming all the way up into Idaho. Mm -hmm. And the mining maybe or something like that. I think mining. Yeah. When he, uh, was still in Utah. He had a wife and two children and he got into bootlegging and she'd had enough of him and divorced him uh, for non-support or abandonment. Mm. Then he moved to Idaho and he got married again and was living in Clark County. Okay. And while he was in Clark County, he married again and had a few children, two children Mm-hmm. He married a woman named Agnes Octavia Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. And then he'd already been in jail a few times. He'd been in jail for bootlegging and he had escaped imprisonment a couple of times from other areas by sawing through jail bars with a knife that he kept in his shoe. So he wow. was kind of known for breaking out of jail and getting away. He mm-hmm. also had multiple. Uh, aliases 
And at the time, uh, it was a little fuzzy about what his name actually was. Okay. Uh, there was some confusion about that, that, but they finally put together that he actually, it was not, it was, he was in jail under a different name. Ah. And had been in jail a couple of times under a different name, but his real name was Henry Joseph Loveless. So he Mm -hmm. kind of built this, uh, a bunch of confusion around him, you know, but one of the ways that they tracked this back to him was that they had a wanted poster from the big crime, which I'll tell you about here in a minute, but Mm -hmm. the wanted poster said that he was wearing dark pants and a pinstripe shirt and a maroon sweater. Ooh, that's a clue. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, then they actually found his grandson, who is now 87 years old, had no idea that he had a grandpa that was quite the criminal. But uh, (laughs) at any rate, this is, uh, so, but why was he in jail? Well, he was in jail because he took an axe to Octavia and murdered her. Oh, good Lord. Yep. So here her name was Agnes Octavia Caldwell Loveless. Okay. And he killed her with an axe. And he was arrested and put into the jail in St. Anthony, Idaho, which you may know is also where Chad Daybell is in jail. However, I'm sure the jail is not the same place. But Probably not. that's where <laughs> the county seat was at the time. So he was mm-hmm. in jail there. And he slipped the jail, which uh, one of his children at Agnes's funeral said, that uh, Papa never stayed in jail very long, and he'll be out soon. And uh, he was. And he was never seen again. No one ever knew what happened to him. His children had no idea what happened to him. He was just gone. But they found him in the same clothes he escaped from jail in. Mm Mm-hmm. And so investigators don't see why he was wearing that kind of outfit in jail. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing at that time they didn't put you in jail clothes. I guess. You still wore street clothes, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. But uh, so there was a manhunt for him at the time, but he was just in the wind. So there were some theories at the time about what happened, but he was such a good escape artist that mostly they just thought that he, uh, you know, escaped again. Mm -hmm. But that leads us to the next big question. What happened to him? How did he end up in that cave in many pieces? Mm -hmm. Um, And where's his head? (laughs) So those are all the questions that have gone completely unanswered for all of these years. And it is still considered a cold case because they don't have a clue what happened to him. We know what he Mm -hmm. did but we don't know what happened to him or how he ended up back in that cave in Clark County. Now know that St. Anthony, where he was in jail and where he was found in that cave are probably 20, 30 miles apart. Yeah, at least, at least, maybe more. At least maybe more. Yeah, more than 30, actually, probably. Yeah, probably more like 50, I would think. And this is in 1916. You know, the transportation was very different here in Southeast Idaho at the time. Now, it was in the spring in, in May, so that there probably wasn't snow. But uh, 
up into that cave, though, there could have been even oh, in yeah. May, you know. So anyway, lots of questions, lots of questions. So that's the cold read I'm lobbing at you to mm. uh, get a feel for what happened to Henry Joseph Loveless. Well, this was definitely a revenge killing. Um, I do feel like it was someone related to his wife, a family member of hers who had had absolutely enough of his shit. I do feel like he lied his way into a ride from St. Anthony to out to the Dubois area. I don't feel like he walked that or anything. I do feel like he, he got somebody to take him. Like he is the one that broke himself out of jail. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. hundred percent. He did that himself. Mm-hmm. He was, um, he was a con man and he was very good at getting people to do things they wouldn't normally do. I feel like that was really his skill. And we, we've seen that in other people that, you know, just really have a skill to, to talk their way into or out of anything. And he was one of those mm-hmm. people. And so I feel like he often got help when he was escaping from mm-hmm. um, other prisoners and from jail employees and that kind of thing. Cause he was just really good at manipulation. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, his, his ability to manipulate was uh, finally came to a close when a family member of, Agnes, right? Agnes Octavia. I think they called Agnes her Octavia. Octavia. I'm looking at like find a grave and at her uh, obituary and stuff. It looks mm-hmm. like she, they called her Octavia. Octavia. Yeah. Okay. So this was a family member of Octavia. It's either a it's it's either brother or father, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's a close relative. They so he he was headed back to get his children, which seems weird. Because I don't think he really gave a damn about his kids. But what he did give Mm -hmm. a damn about was ownership of things. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted his children. And he got somebody, he, you know, convinced somebody that was already going that way to give him a ride. Mm -hmm. But when he got there to get his kids, what he didn't realize is that, you know, there were family members taking care of them Mm -hmm. and trying to protect them. And he couldn't just march right back into their lives. They were not going to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. And a family member of Octavia's um, killed him, dismembered him and buried him. Um, I do feel that his head is also buried. It's just not in the cave. They buried mm-hmm. the head somewhere else. They were really trying to conceal his identity uh, because they wanted the narrative that he just disappeared off into wherever, you know, mm-hmm. after ex- escaping from prison, they just felt like that would um, save them, which it entirely did. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't, you know, that very, very few people, only people within that family even knew that he had come back in that area. Uh-huh. And so they killed him, buried him, buried his head, dismembered him, you know, sort of broke him up a bit to make it even harder to identify him. That was the mm-hmm. goal all along because they just wanted um, law enforcement to believe that he had just basically absconded mm-hmm. for his own good. And I, you know, he didn't come back for his kids for a good reason. He was an ass. He was, he was a bad dude. He was, yeah. there's no getting around that. There's not no. anything that I feel in him that was like, Oh, he's deep down. He's good. He's just misunderstood or what? No, oh, no, no, no redeeming quality. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. But but that's what happened. Some Somebody in her family finally got revenge. Yeah. And I feel like other people in the family knew. 
that mm-hmm. this was a secret that was carried on, you know, for a mm-hmm. long time, that there were family members that knew exactly what had happened and knew where he was. And they just never said a word. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. moved on with their lives and they took well, care of they, his children. And they felt they, like he deserved it. And oh, 100% better off without him. And yeah, they certainly did. Yeah, they certainly did. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they were trying to not only avenge Octavia's death, but to protect the children. Yeah, like that. At least, if they could be raised by people who loved them and and be cared for, that hopefully they wouldn't turn out to be like their father. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I feel like it's a, there's this big family secret energy around it. Like yeah. there are members of this family who know. Yeah, and you know, I mean, not that it would be even relevant now, but I feel like that there are still some stories mm-hmm. told in that family that. You know, if you mm-hmm. talk to the right person and they were not afraid, they might tell you that they've known mm-hmm. all along what he was. Yeah, very interesting. Well, his parents did something interesting. Oh, really? They, they put a cenotaph in the Payson Cemetery mm. and dated it at 1916. Uh, yeah. Pretty interesting. They... I think knew he was dead or, you know, had a pretty good idea of it, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So it is kind of interesting. It doesn't have, Oh no, I'm sorry. It doesn't have a death date on it. I'm just looking at it. I'll share it with you guys too. So you can see it, but, uh, but they did, you know, call say he's, we know he's dead. Yeah. But they did put a cenotaph in the cemetery which caused a little bit of confusion for researchers as well, because there's a headstone for this person, but then they discovered it is actually a cenotaph. There's no, and that's what that means. If you ever hear that, if there is a monument or a headstone in a cemetery for someone whose body's not actually there, that's what it's called is a cenotaph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sense of it is, is that both families wanted to put the whole thing to bed. Uh-huh. And so it was very easy for everyone Mm-hmm. To just pretend like he disappeared and move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. In many, this was a blessing to them. He had yeah. caused so much harm in their family. Yeah. And they just wanted it to be over. And I feel like that that was as true of his parents as it was of Octavia's family. I just think everybody was like, we're ready to be done with this. We're just, yes. we're never going to speak of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe they need to look outside of the cage for the head they've actually used there it's definitely there but it's not near the cave like i feel like it's Mm -hmm. on the property where he was killed Mm -hmm. Uh, quickly you know to make sure that he wasn't identifiable Mm -hmm. Um, i do feel he was clubbed over the head that that, that's how he died uh well i can only imagine him showing back up to that property and there being a fight you know oh yeah there definitely was yeah there, there definitely was, but yeah, if you, if, if you could ever figure out where that property was, they'd, mm-hmm. you'd find his head. I, and I totally agree with you on this, uh, on your assessment. I suspect that they figured he was coming back that, you know, they had their reinforcements mm-hmm. ready because they figured that oh, he yeah, was in jail escaped from jail a bunch of times. And, yeah. and even his kids, knew, you know, like, yeah. 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 When they mapped out the cave after the hand was found, they actually used, uh, they've actually searched it again. And because they're really would like to find that skull, you know, <laughs> but oh. 
Yeah. They actually brought in an osteologist from the Idaho Virtualization Laboratory. Oh, wow. They have an apparatus called the Ferro Focus 3D Laser Scanner. Wow. That they use to make a detailed computer model of excavation sites. Mm-hmm. And they used that to survey the dark uh, depths of this cave to try to find any other bones or you know, evidence that might be there. That's how they came up with the other hand and arm and leg that they found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting. You yeah, know, that there, there, there's been quite a bit of interest in this case. And, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Idaho State University has been and, and the Clark County Police have, you know, continued to work it, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. But of course, you know, when people keep digging around in that cave and coming up with more body parts, you know, something kind of has to be done. (laughs) Well, for sure. And they've got to identify, you know, is this a contemporary body or is this an old body? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's no there's no one to charge in his death anymore. Right. Right. At the time, uh, there had been a rumor or, or a theory uh, that perhaps he had been removed from jail by a vigilante party. And so, because no. he had a lot of enemies because of the bootlegging. But mm-hmm. Oh, he did, but no, he got himself out. Mm-hmm. He absolutely got himself out. Yeah. And uh, he used some manipulation, um, which I think he did every time. I don't think that he got out all of his own volition. I feel that he got some people on his side. Yeah. I feel like he was really, really good at that. He was a really fast talker. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, could talk people into things. And I feel like he could be very confusing. And so people didn't know quite what they were agreeing to. And, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of that con artist energy that yeah. really um did him served him well for a long time until oh yeah. He's you know, gotten away when, with a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got away with a lot, but Octavia's family had enough. Yep. They just had enough yep. and they took care of him. I mean, that's just how it feels to me. And then they just said, we'll never speak mm-hmm. of him again. We'll never say his name. Yep. You know, as far as we're concerned, he's gone. Yep. Yep. And indeed he was. So yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it. Joseph Henry Loveless. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, you guys, this is our first of three cases this week. And we, <laughs> Christy and I have both been down the rabbit hole. Hardcore. This last week, getting these cases ready. Everything we have this week, we were very excited about. So make sure that you come back for our next two. And then, of course, Wednesday night, we will have our live updates. And we have some pretty interesting Daybell updates. And we'll have some other stuff for you. And then Wednesday night, or Thursday night, sorry, we'll be back live with the Psychic Hour. So we have a lot of good stuff coming this week. So hang in there with us. And uh, thank you so much for being here. You've been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.